0: And uh, if you need prayer, reach out to us and let us know. We'll pray for you. We have great results. We had uh, we have testimonies about how people are getting healed and set free of cancer and all kinds of things. You know, we we've, we've actually had several people that the doctors they you know they came to us and they you know our people came to us and said you know um, I've got this family member or this friend that's going through this process and the doctors can't figure out what's wrong with them. And we said, well, we know the great physician knows what's wrong with him. So we just pray for it. For a diagnosis and a good report, and I mean, we get that just about every time i mean we, we, uh, we, you know we get reports that <laughs> hey, they figured out what it is, and it 's not as bad as everybody was thinking it was going to be. Oh well, praise the lord, um, or it's not it 's not with all what anybody thought it 's this thing over here, and it 's easy to be addressed you know because a lot of people don 't have faith for, super, for for a supernatural instant manifestation of healing. So we've got to work within their bounds. And so a lot of people just say, I just need to know what's wrong. So we just pray, Lord, give the doctors the wisdom to find out what's wrong and and cause them to have a good report, a good outcome, and to be something small, something minor, something fixable. And uh, we get that all the time. And then we've had people, we've been praying for people uh, that have cancer diagnosis anywhere from stage 1 and stage 2 all the way up to stage 4 cancer. And uh, we see them healed. And uh, glory to God through through the power of prayer. Now, of course, if you reach out to us and say, "Hey, I've got this major illness," we're going to try to get some some stuff into your hands that'll help you because you got a part to play. Uh, but but God wants His people healed, and uh, so that's kind of along the lines. <clears throat> we're going to go kind of along those lines, but not exactly along those lines tonight. And uh, so let's just pray for the for the teaching and the understanding of the word and. We'll go from there.:
1: Well, Lord, we thank, thank you for God. being here with us tonight, and we ask that you lead and guide us that we, that we speak the words that are just right for, for tonight and that are just right for those that are listening, uh, both here and online. And Lord, help us to learn uh, of your healing ability and your, uh, your, your, your will for us to be healed and, 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 learn, and help us to learn to receive that in Jesus mighty in name. name. Glory, thank to thank you, Lord. glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God.
0: Well, let's start off in Big John chapter 1, St. John chapter 1. Uh, why do you call it Big John? Because Brother Randy does. <laughs> we learned it from, from Brother Randy. It's Big John and Little John. And he does that kind of as an honorary type thing to a good friend of his, uh, Reverend Danny Wallace, who's gone on to the Lord. Reverend Danny used to always call it Big John and Little John. But I didn't know that was why he did it when he said, but I just thought, you know, that's a good way to help people figure it out. Because you'll say, well, let's turn to the book of First John or Second John, and they're like, which John? There's, there's like four of them, which one? So it's just easy to say, Big John, Big John, no disrespect to him at all. Uh, let's, we're going to read just um, verse 1 and 2, just verse 1 and 2, and then verse 14.
1: All right. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God.
0: And then down, let's jump down to verse 14.
1: And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and was and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth.
0: So in the beginning was the word in the beginning, in the beginning of the creation of our word of our world was the word of God and the word uh, was with God. And then the Word was God. So the Word, you know, uh, and then down here in verse 14, we say the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So a lot of times when we teach, we say Jesus is the Word. And if you got his Word, you got his Bible, then you're fellowshipping with Jesus. But if we look at this appropriately, we'll learn notice at verse 1, it says that the Word was God. Mm-hmm. Why is it that God was made fl- the word was made flesh, but yet the word was God? Because Jesus is just as much God as the Father is God. And the Holy Spirit is just as much God as Jesus is God. So the word is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Yep. And when yep. the ho- and when the Son was made flesh, that was the word in action, in tangible, a uh, physical presence to uh, help us to connect to the Word.
1: And, of course, Jesus himself said that, that he only spoke the things that he heard his Father said, and that if you'd heard him speak, you'd heard the Father. That's if right. you knew him, you knew the Father. So that just goes even more into saying that the Word is God as well as the Word is Jesus.
0: That's right. Notice in verse 2, it says, "...the same was in the beginning with God." There's a lot of people that will tell you Jesus didn't show up and come on the scene until the New Testament. That's not true. Jesus is all through the Old Testament. Yes, he is. In fact, um, Melchizedek, we know very little about Melchizedek. You know, the Bible is very intertwined. I mean, it's, it's all about the genealogy. It's all about the genealogy. This person begot this person, this person begot this person, this person begot this person. If you'll investigate the scriptures, Melchizedek has no listed genealogy. Isn't that interesting? He has no listed genealogy. Why? Because that was Christ manifested on the earth. In the New Testament, it says that Christ came in the order of Melchizedek. So, no, wait, wait a minute. That's a little confusing. We'll see. Geez, everything that happens in the Old Testament is a type and shadow of the New Testament. So, in order for us to have a high priest that was from heaven today, we have to have, They had to have a high priest from heaven in the Old Testament, and that was Melchizedek. And then there's several places um, where it says the angel of the Lord. Now, not every time that it says the angel of the Lord, does it mean um, Jesus. You've got to look at the context. We can see when he's talking to Abraham or Abram, and he's cutting covenant. It says the angel of the Lord came. But we can, when we understand that that the angel was the one that cut the covenant and we know that Jesus was the one that cut the covenant then we can understand that this was Jesus that actually met with father abram so um jesus appeared supernaturally all throughout uh the old testament think about um the four the three jewish boys in the furnace Adshak, Meshach, and abednego uh uh um, who was the fourth man? I know I said I'm wrong. You want to go ahead and get it right?
1: Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There you go.
0: I, I, I knew it. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I said that was not the right way to pronounce it.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. right. Yeah, go right. ahead. Go ahead. Oh, that's get a little there. harder. I'd have to look that one up. Get but I do right know here. they have real names. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> go back to the original uh, Hebrew name. Go ahead. <laughs> now, how much do you know... Who was the fourth man in the furnace? Jesus. Jesus was the fourth man in the furnace. And remember, when they came out of the furnace, they didn't even smell like smoke. Glory to God. So here in verse 2, it said that the same was with God from the beginning or in the beginning. Uh, It says the same was in the beginning with God. Jesus was at the creation of the world. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Glory to God. And let's look at some things here. Verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1. Let's read just the first two verses.
1: In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And the darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters.
0: It says, "In the beginning, God." It doesn't say, "In the beginning, Father God." It says, "God." It says, "Actually, in the original Hebrew language, it actually says Elohim." That's really what it says. Is in the beginning, Elohim was present. Elohim actually is plural it's not singular so when the word elohim was used with the hebrews they understood that there was more than one god present the word elohim means um god's plural rulers plural judges plural Spiritual uh, governments, governments—that's what it means, Elohim. So when they, when they, when they said, when you were, when they were giving this orally, uh, the scriptures, and they, and they used the word Elohim, every Hebrew understood that there were three God, that there was more than one God present. But for some reason, John felt the need. To tell us that, that God and the word were present all the way in the beginning. Why? Because obviously a lie of Satan had crept in even in their day. Now see the reason that this was an issue. The reason that this was a big deal. Is because the, the pagans worshipped hundreds and thousands of gods. The, the, the Muslims, the uh, Hindus. Uh, all of these religions of the world, they were were there in some form or fashion in Jesus' day. They may not have called it exactly that, but those religions were there in some form or fashion in Jesus' day, and they worshipped hundreds of gods. Remember the Greek gods? There was Zeus and all of them crazy people and all of that. Well, they worshipped all of them. And, and the pagans were constantly in torment because if they pleased this God, they angered this God. And if they did right by this God, this, uh, this God was out to slay them. And so this was a big deal, Right? <laughs> right. And you want
1: to make it even more confusing. What was sin to one god was not sin to another god. Right. They they had different. You know, like if you were, if you were worshiping the god of peace, well, you know, you, it makes it pretty obvious what's a sin to him. And, but if you're worshiping the god of war, then you're on the opposite side. So you're going one of them's going to be mad.
0: Right. So there was a time period where they really had to make an. And in, in the Old Testament. They they got over into making it clear that the, the Godhead was one God. And that's why you don't see a reference to the Trinity in the Old Testament like you see it put forward in the New Testament. Because they were having, the Jews were having to explain, as, as Jews were being born and raised and what have you, they were having to explain were different than the pagans because the pagans serve multiple gods, but we only serve one God. Now, our one God is the Father, is the Son, is the Holy Spirit, which we see in Elohim. But, and they understood that this one God uh, was three, but, as Pastor Mike already pointed out, The Holy Spirit only says and does what Jesus says and does. Jesus only says and does what the Father says and does. So they move upon the earth as one unit. But they're three individual... There's not a good word to describe this. No. Because if I say they're three different persons, then you think, well, see, it's three different gods. But they're not three different persons.
1: And if you say they're three different personalities, you think you split personality.
0: If you say three different entities, then that also gives the idea of separation, which it's not. Um, Jesse Duplantis, this is so cool. I thought, man, that's so cool. I would love to see that. We'll, we'll see at some point. Remember, he, ha- he got to actually go. Remember, the Lord actually took him to heaven. He actually took him to heaven. And, uh, and Jesus actually walked him into the throne. Now, this is Jesus walking with Jesse, talking with Jesse Duplantis, and he takes him into the throne room. And Jesse declares how, this, how, the, how the awesomeness of the power that he hit the deck. I mean, he just fell before the Lord, and the, and the brightness of God was so bright that he had to shield his eyes from the light. And uh, as he laid there worshiping the, worshiping the Father, Jesus left. Jesus left him laying there, worshiping the Father, and he said he could just barely look up, and he saw the feet of Jesus go up to the throne and actually enter into the light. He actually became one with the Father God. He actually entered in to God sitting on the throne. The scriptures tell us that Jesus sits on the throne with his Father. So they're not completely separate but yet they can come completely together as one. And this is, this is kind of a hard concept for us to understand.
1: Yeah, because we can't do that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a little weird. You know, I mean, it would be great if you could just say, Flesh, you're misbehaving today. Get over there. I'll be back when you get yourself under control. But you can't do that. <laughs> but notice he said, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. That means the Father God, the Lord Jesus, the Holy Ghost, Created heaven and earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. They were describing the state of the earth at the time that the Lord created it. Now we're not going to get all into this tonight. This, the, there's there's a big teaching there, but if you if you'll get out your concordance and you'll sit down and you'll look up what these words without form Without a void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. You'll find out that the earth had been prior, priorly flooded. It was just a big giant thing of water, and that uh, that darkness. What that darkness means is utter and complete destruction. When you when we say and notice it says and it was on. Darkness was on, look at it, it says, it doesn't say it was filled with, it says um, that darkness was upon the, earth, the face. That means that upon the face of the, of the earth, there was utter darkness and destruction on it. I don't know about you, but that sure does sound like the enemy to me. A lot of people say, well, when did Satan get here? Well, it sounds like he's there right then. And, in fact, we see in Ezekiel that God spoke, God speaking to Satan, because he had possessed a king, he said, you were with me even in the garden. So, so so, I mean, and this is where God creates the garden. This is where God creates the garden. So, you know, again, another teaching for another day, because we want to get to the healing part of this, Mm -hmm. but um, look at what it says, and the Spirit of God... Now, who does that sound like?
1: The Holy Spirit. The Holy
0: Spirit. But the Holy Spirit only responds to who? To Jesus. The Holy Spirit doesn't even respond to the Father. The Holy Spirit only responds to Jesus. So, obviously, the Father had to give the command. Jesus had to say, go, and the Spirit had to go. So, they, in other words, they had to be in complete unity. Now, let's read a few verses here.
1: Starting in 3?
0: Starting in verse 3. Okay. And well, we're going to save time. Okay. Let's look at verse 3, and it says, and God did what? He said. He said. And in verse uh, 5, what did God do?
1: He said. Well, it well, says, he and called. he called.
0: In verse 6, what did he do? He said. He said. In uh, verse eight, what did he do?
1: He called.
0: Back up to verse seven. Notice what it says. And God made. Made. He's been saying and calling, and then all of a sudden it says he made. How do you think he made?
1: By saying. With
0: saying. With saying. Glory to God. Uh, verse nine. What did he say? He said. He said. And God said. Uh, verse eleven. What's God doing?
1: He said again. And he said. Verse fourteen. He said. He said. Verse 20. Uh, okay. So, he said. And he said.
0: On and on and on. Now, I suggest you go down through there and you underline every time it says said or say or called. You'll find out that God said it a lot. So, God <laughs> is the Word. The Word was made of flesh, which was Jesus. And God creates through his Word, through saying. Through saying which means God had to apply his voice his voice to cause something to happen. Now you look now let's go look at Psalms 29. Psalms 29. Keeping in mind that God is the word. The Father's the word, Jesus is the word, Jesus is the word made flesh, the Holy Spirit is the word and the word Causes things to happen with his voice. All right? So, Psalms 29, verse 1.
1: Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength.
0: So, here, this is a psalm by David, and David is saying, Lord, we're going to give you worship. We're not just going to give you, you know, sad, sorry, barely get along worship. No, we're going to give you mighty. In other words, we're going to give you a a, a strong praise. He said, we're going to give you, he said, uh, or he, I'm sorry, he said, oh, mighty. How much do you know the children of God are mighty? I said that wrong. So he said, oh, ye mighty. David is telling the mighty men of valor. David is telling the mighty followers of God to do this, to give unto the Lord what?
1: Glory, Glory and, and strength.
0: strength. You know, that's one thing we pray. Father, we Father, we bless you with all strength. Father, we bless you with all authority, power, might, dominion, strength and ability. He said David said here, he said what is David telling us telling his mighty people to do? He's saying get your mouth moving. How do you get your Why? Because we're created in God's image. And if God creates with his voice, we create with our voice. So he tells them. He said, give unto the Lord glory and strength.
1: Give unto the Lord glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness.
0: All right. So he, he just, I mean, he just lays it on there. That word, uh, um, nope, sorry, miss out. Uh, give unto the Lord the glory due his name. In other words, don't back, I mean, think about the awesomeness of God. If you really, I mean, we can get out there and get crazy for our favorite sports team. How much more should you give glory and honor to your God? Amen. If you can give, if you can get, you know, back there in the day of the king, if they can give a great big fanfare you know, the big parades and the big fanfare, and, oh, and yell and scream and jump and dance and holler, how much more should they do it for the Father? He said, come on. He said, give unto the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Now, I love this. In the beauty of holiness. Glory to God. Or in the... the uh, in, in, my, in the margin of my Bible, it says, or in his glorious sanctuary. In his glorious sanctuary. Now, this is Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they actually had to go to a building to be in the sanctuary. But in the New Testament, yes, we have beautiful churches, and we're called together to worship in them. That's what the word church means. But how much do you know, we are the temple of God. We are his sanctuary. So he said this. He said, bless God. Worship God. Really is the word he used. He said, worship God in your, or in his sanctuary. If you're his sanctuary, then you're to use your sanctuary to honor him, to worship him. He said, in the beauty of holiness. If you are the sanctuary, then your sanctuary is to be filled and flooded with holiness. There should be nothing going on in your flesh, in your body, that brings disgrace, dishonor, and disrespect to the Lord. If you're going to worship Him. You know, this is why uh, over in Romans, it said, he, Paul said, um, I, I uh, beseech you, brethren, present yourself a living sacrifice. He's not saying anything new. This is what David said. He said, Worship God in your sanctuary. In other words, and, and they believe that if you went into the sanctuary unclean and unholy, bad things could happen to you. Bad things did happen to some people under the Old Testament. Remember, er,
1: er, er.
0: Yeah. U R R. Remember
1: Ur?
0: Just one R. Oh, U R, is it just one? Yeah, U R. Remember Ur? Remember what what did Ur do? Remember David. David went to go get the Ark of the Covenant because it had been stolen. He went to go get the Ark of the Covenant, but he went to get it in his own thinking. He went he went and did it his way. And he and he thought, Well, we don't want to carry that thing, it's heavy. So what we'll do is we'll put it on a cart. Well first of all they weren't in God's timing. Second of all they weren't following in God's way. And third of all they were disrespecting the ark of the covenant by pulling it on a cart instead of carrying it with honor and respect. So they messed this so they I mean they were just in a bad way. But they thought in their mind well, I'm still honoring God. I'm taking back what belongs to his people. It's still honoring God. But remember, as they were, as they were traveling, the cart hit something, and it rocked the cart real hard, and the ark was going to fall off, and Ur reached up and touched it to steady it, so nothing bad happened to it, and he died instantly. Remember that? And then David was mad at God because God killed Ur. No, 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 David. The father didn't kill Ur. Your stupid thinking killed Ur. You thought that you could come to God your way and God would bless it. That's not how this works. So here, David said, um, get your sanctuary clean. Get your sanctuary right. Worship God in the sanctuary. Worship him with your cleanness and your holiness one of the reasons, in fact, it tells us this over in Corinthians. Remember when um, uh, Jesus had, had um, well, pause right here. Pause right here. Let's go look at it real quick. Okay. Because we're talking First about healing. First
1: Corinthians or second?
0: Uh, First Corinthians chapter 11. 11. First Corinthians chapter 11. He said this, he's talking about, Paul's talking about the taking of communion. And they were, they were taking communion in, in, uh, wrongly. And notice in verse 30, notice in verse uh, 29, well, 28. Let's look at verse 28 to uh, 30.
1: But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily... Eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep.
0: What did, what did David do? David did not discern the Lord's body. Because at that time, the presence of the Lord was upon the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. And he, didn't, he did not handle the Ark of the Covenant correctly. Well, here Paul said, if you don't handle your flesh, if you don't judge yourself first, if you don't judge yourself correctly, uh then you're going to you're going to bring damnation upon yourself.
1: Basically, you're in danger of the same thing that happened to earth.
0: Yeah, you're in danger of premature death. You're in danger of sickness and disease. He said you're in danger. And this is why Paul said, I mean, this is why David said, Uh, worship the Lord in holiness. Uh, A lot of times people have sickness because they have unrepented sin in their life. They're not walking in holiness. Amen. They're failing to walk in holiness, and because of that, they're not discerning the Lord's body, and it it opens the door to sickness and disease.
1: Let's go on. All right. Verse 3. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory underneath, or no, thundereth, sorry. The, the God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters.
0: What did it say? The voice of the Lord. What does that mean? That means the Lord is speaking and things are happening. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. What is the waters? It's the people. Anytime you see the Bible referred to people, the Lord is speaking to people. And the Lord, um, He it, it says, and um, the, it says, the God of glory thundereth. God is not just speaking to you just sweetly and kindly. And I've been on this for quite some time now because we have the pendulum has swung too far to God is sweet and God is kind and God is never harsh and God is never strict and God is never uh, He's never uses a harsh tone. God never. God never is any of these things. The, the pendulum has swung way too far this way. And now we've got to get the pendulum, the pendulum to swing back to the middle, which means we've got to preach this side to get it to come. And so God is speaking to his people in this, in this psalm. God, David said, God is speaking loudly, loudly. Thunderously, he is rebuking his people he is reproving his people he's being harsh with his people he's scourging them he's chastising them he's trying to get their attention why because they're not walking in holiness and it's causing them to be sick and so he said i mean he's making it sound like a sweet song but he's he's saying hello the Lord of glory is thundering. I guarantee you, if you heard the thundering voice of Jesus, it'd get your attention real quick. Amen. Real quick. Verse 4. Yep. All
1: right. The voice of the Lord is powerful.
0: Oh, hold on. Oh. We, we missed the tail end. Oh, the, the Lord, Lord is upon many, many waters. A lot of times people, especially in the church, they'll think, well, the pastor's just picking on me. They're just talking about me. They just know some things, and they're just trying to use their position to get control on me. No. No. Uh Uh-uh. No. The Lord is correcting. Notice he said, he said his voice is upon many people. Many people. We have service after service where people get up, multiple people get up and go, man, I needed that. Man, that was good. If I don't hear it in the service, I hear it later. You may not hear it because you're stuck in your head going there just being mean to me. But no, Lord's talking to many people because there's many people that have these issues.
1: Let's keep going. All right. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Oh, yes, he is. Seems pretty yes. self-explanatory. That's pretty
0: self-explanatory. God's voice is powerful and full of majesty.
1: The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yes, the the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon.
0: Now that go that that's dealing specifically with the Jews. That's dealing specifically with David's people, uh, because the cedar the, the, and that that part doesn't really apply to us. But his but the point that you want to hear is um, that you want to grab is the voice the voice of the Lord breaketh. Hmm. When you hear things from, when the Lord speaks to you in that thundering, corrective voice, it's not to make you go, oh, you hurt my feelings. Oh, you're trying to control me. No, it's to break the control of Satan off of your life. It's to break your flesh off of your life. It's to break, the, break things off of you that need to be broken so you can walk in his goodness.
1: He maketh them also to skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn.
0: Now that word unicorn, that, that, that word young unicorn is not talking about a horse with a horn out of its head. That is not what it's talking about. When it says a unicorn, it means an animal with one single horn. And the the, uh, the water buffalo and the type of cattle that was in the region at this time um, were were the type of cattle that had their horn. It was, you know, cows here in America, they have a horn on this side and a horn on this side. But these, the cattle that was in their land, the horn went all the way across. It was a single horn that grew in both directions. And so that's what it means by a unicorn. It means an animal that has just a single horn, but it's a single horn that grows out across, not a horse with a thing poking out of its head. That's not what it's talking about. (laughs) That's not what it's talking about.
1: You took all the fun out of
0: this. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, But notice he said, first he said, the voice of the Lord breaketh. And then he said, He maketh them also to skip like a calf. Now, we've got cows around here, and I love it when it's calving season. Because you go out there, you you see them. You see those little baby calves, and they're out there running and jumping and playing, and they're having so much fun. Why? Because they're free. They're free. And it feels good. So how much you know? After the Lord speaks to you and breaks some things off of you that need to be broken, and that allows healing... One of the things that the Lord can speak to you about, and, and I've seen this time and time again, is the Lord will speak thunderously to somebody about unforgiveness. And then they'll, 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 they'll take, they'll, they'll get kind of pouty with the Lord, but then they'll realize, you know what, if I want to get past this sickness, I've got to forgive, so I'm going to go ahead and forgive. I'm going to choose to do that. And then the Lord supernaturally heals them. How much you know? They're running and jumping and bouncing like a new calf. Now, how much do you know? A little, a little unicorn, <laughs> a little unicorn would be the same way. Yep. A little unicorn. Now, and again, that's that's like the water buffalo.
1: All right. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. Oh my goodness.
0: How much do you know? When the enemy comes across you, um, that feels like fire. You know? Have you ever heard somebody say, "Man, I went from the frying pan into the fire"? Have yeah. you ever heard that saying? It means that the pressure is on. And God said he divides the fire. In other words, when you're in the thick of the storm, one word from the Lord, one, one spoken word from the Lord can just divide that fire off of you. It can just get it to go. How much do you know that's what happened in the great furnace? He divided the flames.
1: The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness The wilderness of Kadesh.
0: Again, this is specifically for their time, but we also know that the wilderness is a type and shadow of the works of Satan. And so when the the voice of the Lord speaks, when you have a word from the Lord that God's going to pull you through a situation, it causes that entire situation to be shaken. And all it takes is a voice. Notice he said, you know, all of this has to do with the... the, with, you Notice in verse 7, it says, the voice of the Lord. In other words, when God spoke. The vo- verse 8, the voice of the Lord. We could say it this way. God said, God said, and, uh, you know, God spoke, and um, the wilderness was shaken. And we do no harm.
1: All right. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve.
0: That would be the deers.
1: And discovereth the forest. Glory to God, and in His temple doth everyone speak of His glory.
0: How much you know the voice of God? When you God bring, when He says He causes the um, the hinds to calf, what is it? It means the voice of God causes the deers to prosper. So the voice of the God, if you'll get just hear one word from the Lord, if you're struggling with poverty. And poverty brings all kinds of sickness, mental, emotional, physical. You know, if you're impoverished, you don't get the medical care that you need. You know, and so, but notice he said the voice, the voice of God. Just one word from the Lord will cause you to be prosperous. Just one word. Glory to God. But it's not just you have to hear it with, well, let's read a little bit more and then I'll go on to that. All
1: right. The Lord sitteth upon the flood, or the waters
0: the waters or the the people people.
1: yea the Lord sitteth king forever
0: in other words he's not going to leave you he said the Lord is not going to leave you
1: the Lord will give strength unto his people and the Lord will bless his people with peace
0: glory to God that word uh, the Lord will give strength to his people that word strength is the word rafa which means healer the Lord will give health Unto his people. If you will hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God, all of these blessings shall come upon you. If you'll get one word from God, but what is the word? The word is this right here. The word is right here. A lot of people fail. To actually get their healing to manifest, because they get an audible word from the minister, or they they maybe they get a, they they hear a song that that just really speaks to them. Something pops in their spirit, and they go, Oh, I got a word." Or they'll or or, or they're just listening. They're listening with their head. They're not listening with the spirit, and the words speak to their speak to their head that's not receiving the voice of god receiving the voice of god is not receiving god here in your ears receiving the voice of god is receiving his voice in your spirit and so when you get that when you get that word from the lord you've got to take time In the scriptures, in the Bible, you've got to sit down and confirm it with yourself. You've got to let your own eyes see it, your own ears hear it. You've got to meditate on it. You've got to speak on it. You've got to get it to where the voice of God comes from your spirit, and then you'll get the manifestation. But so often people will get an audible word, sitting in the service, and they'll say, man, that teaching was for me. I got my healing. It's mine. But because it's head knowledge, because they don't take the time to go back and study their notes, because they don't take the time to go back and re-listen to the message.
1: Because they don't take the time to get the word down on the inside. Right.
0: And listen to me. Don't go, well, I just don't have a way to listen. Are you kidding me? You've got the Internet. You get on Facebook. We're fixing to go on YouTube. We're, I'm working on it right now. I'm working on a brand new website. I've, I've got it started. When we get the brand new website up, the media player on the website will work far better, and it'll be much easier to download, much faster. So we've got that. We're fixing when once that's up and running, and, we, and with the new media, then we're going to sw- Then we'll then we will add uh, YouTube, and we'll add Vimeo. And if the Lord tells us to add somewhere else, we'll add somewhere else also. If you've got the Internet, you can download it. If you don't have the Internet, then um, obviously if you're online, you've got the Internet, so you have no excuse. <laughs> no excuse whatsoever. If you're local and you're in the building and you're like, well, I don't really have Internet, you know, what can we do? Bring me a thumb drive. I'll put it on a thumb drive for you. I don't care.
1: Come here and hook up. Come here and hook
0: up. But here's the deal. You've got, don't just say, well, that was a good message. I'll I'll live on it. No. Get in your, go home and listen to it. I listen to every sermon we preach. Not for, not because I like to hear the sound of my own voice, because I say things by the spirit that I need and I don't catch it in the moment. There's been some sermons. I was like, man, Lord, that was good. I need to hear that again. And I'll back that thing up and listen to it again. We go to the, Meetings with Brother Randy, and we get the media, and we watch it. We listen to it. We get the audio and the video. We watch it, and we listen to it. We've got Dad Hagen's teachings. We listen to it. Brother Randy does free downloads on his website all the time, rgm.me. Go get the free downloads and play them. Get the teachings. Before it was so easy, I mean, we've been around long enough that back in church, it used to be the cassette tape. And you had to, and if you wanted the cassette tape, you had to go to the sound booth, you had to fill out the form, and maybe next time you came to church, maybe it was ready.
1: And that's if Miss Ann was in to actually make the cassette for everybody.
0: (laughs) That's how she got wrapped up in the sound booth, and she was having to wait two, three weeks to get her things. And she finally went to the pastor and said, listen, I need it now. What can I do to get it now? He said, if you want to come to the church and make copies, we'll let you do that. And she's been in the sound booth ever since go in the sound booth because she thought, you know, I'm really good with sound and I'm really skilled and you need me. She said, you need me. Nope. She just said, I just want, I just, I just need the teachings ASAP. And she, and and that's where she ended up. Glory to God. But back then, you know, we didn't have, we couldn't get the instant download. We actually had to take notes in church. We actually had to write down the scriptures and (laughs) remember...
1: You can't go back and watch the video and see what she said,
0: huh? <laughs> no, remember, remember back then the pastor would give the scripture and everybody go, and everybody like, wait, I'm, wait, I'm, wait, wait, what, where are we at? Where are we going? What are we doing? Where are we? Going? What, what scripture? I mean, people interrupt. Pastor, I'm sorry. What scripture did you say to go to?
1: Yeah, it wasn't up on the screen.
0: <laughs> it wasn't on the screen. <laughs> it wasn't on the screen, man. But we take our notes. And we'd sit down in the evening or in the morning, depending on schedules, and we'd go through our notes and we'd go read the Word for ourselves. Come on,
1: Pastor if, always said, "Don't believe me. Go yeah. look it up for yourself."
0: He said, "Don't take my word for it. Look in the Bible for yourself. Make sure what I he telling you. Make sure that what I'm telling you agrees with what you read in the Scriptures. Make sure I'm telling. You, make sure. But uh, you got to get it down in you." And the only way you're going to get it down in you is to spend time in the Word. Amen. If you could get it one time with your ears, we would not have a Bible. If you could get it one time, the you know, I mean, this is why when Jesus speaks to you, he speaks to you primarily in Scriptures. And, you know, and, and one way that you're going to know how what's God and what's not is, is knowing the scriptures, because if you don't know the scriptures, Satan will tell you something that sounds scripturally sound, and it's not. I have witnessed, born again, spirit filled, on fire, hungry for God, Christians, that are faithful to church, they're faithful to prayer, but they're not faithful to the Word to find out what the Word says for themselves, and they get to listening to ministers that are false prophets, and before you know it, they're off in some Jesus-made movement, or some man-made Jesus movement that is taking them off of the path of life. You've got to know the Word. And when you know the word, and when the voice of God speaks to you through the word, then God can bring you health and peace. Health and peace. So what do we need to do? We need to get to where we know the voice of the Lord our God. And we've got to get his word in us. You know, we can rattle it off all day long. According to 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes I have been healed. But if all you have is head knowledge, you will never walk in divine health. If all you can do is rattle it off, you've got the word, but it's in your head. It's not in your spirit. You've got to get it in your spirit. It's like the woman with the issue of blood. The woman with the issue of blood. What did she say? She had heard about Jesus. And she sat out of her see, she heard about it, and I guarantee you she meditated on that and thought on that and thought on it and thought on it. And I'm sure because the cla the the, the, the clamor in the cities about Jesus healing people was so loud. I imagine that she went and she I imagine she got her hands on every person that had been healed by Jesus that that would talk to her because, remember, she's got an issue of blood and she's isolated from the community. Maybe she's going by letters or something or something. But somehow, I guarantee you, she she was hearing and hearing and she was thinking about. Maybe she only heard one or two testimonies, but she ran that testimony over in her mind and over in her mouth. Well, if he can heal that person, surely he can heal me. If God, if Jesus heals him or her of that sickness, then he can heal me. They said that he, they said, that he said that he was the giver of life. And, and, and here my blood is, is gushing from my body and I'm losing my life blood. But he said he's the giver of life. Well, I need life. I need life. I believe she sat there and she probably meditated on it. And then when she heard that he was near and there was a massive multitude around him, she had it so far down in her spirit that her head could not talk her out of it. Because if it was only in her head, she would have looked at that multitude and say, there's no hope. If it had only been in her head, she would have looked at that multitude and said, well, that's a sure way for me to die. Because if they figure out I'm in this crowd, they're going to stone me according to the law that they lived under. But she had it so far down in her that she said, I will not be denied. And she pressed through the crowd. And the Bible says that she actually pressed through. Through, which means she put some effort she put some effort I've helped Michael with several construction projects and having to move this or move that and he'll say to me he'll say now honey you're going to have to push hard you're going to I need you I need you to press on this and I need you to press hard how much you know pressing hard exerts power and this woman has been bleeding for 12 years How much power do you think she has to press through? Have you ever been caught? Have you ever gone to a concert or some event where there's just thousands and thousands of people? And then the the, the event gets released and everybody's going home and it's wall-to-wall people. And you're just standing there like, I never, and you're moving like this, you know. And then at some point something hits you and you go, I've had enough. And you start ducking under people's arms, and you start bobbing, and you start weaving, and you kind of start breaking through a little bit. That's what it means to press. But now if she had done that and somebody recognized her, she would have had a problem. I believe, because the Bible says that she touched the hem of his garden garment. I believe she got down on her hands and knees, and she crawled. Being at risk of being trampled at any moment, I believe she crawled through. And she, I believe she was probably, and, 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 and she was listening while she was doing this, because I'm sure her head was covered, because if anybody recognized her, it was all over. And, and so she's, she's pressing through, and she's listening to all of the people that are touching. And the people are probably going, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Ain't nothing special about him. She's having to push past all of that doubt, push past all of that unbelief, push past all of that fear of what if I touch and nothing happens? She's having to push through. But something had occurred in her before she ever came in contact with the multitude. She heard the voice of God within her. She had the voice that created the world speak to her somehow. Well, the Bible doesn't say that. Well, she I understand it doesn't say that. But how else would she do what she did? Because if it was only a mental mindset, she would have quit. Think about it. Think about all the times you were up against something that looked impossible and you quit. Because you just said, there's no hope. There's no way. This is it. And she had gone to doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor and spent everything that she had. She, at this point, she was thoroughly convinced there was absolutely no hope for her. So why would she look at that multitude and push in? Because she had heard the master's voice. Yep. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and my sheep know my voice. Amen. Maybe maybe she heard Jesus preaching from the distance in one of his out, out uh, outside meetings. Something happened, but she heard the voice of God, and it and it penetrated her spirit, and it put a no quit in her. And she got to him, and she touched the hem of his garment, and it and the word says immediately the fountain of blood was stopped. Now, I don't fully know, we don't fully understand exactly what her issue of blood was. Some people, a lot of people, a lot of theologians believe that she was having feminine issues and having a lot of uh, just very long, very involved menstrual cycles that were just never ending and it was just a bad thing. It is entirely and if that's the case, how did she know that the fountain had immediately stopped? Maybe she felt the warm glow of the anointing in her. We don't know. We don't know. But there was something that went off on the inside of her that said, "That was it." I wonder if maybe she didn't have bleeding in other areas of her body as well. I we I, I worked with a girl at one point that was having hemorrhaging issues. Um, and it wasn't just in in the menstrual cycles, but it was so bad that even her eyes were bloodshot all the time. Her gums, just stuff would touch her gums, she'd eat or whatever, and her t- and her gums would bleed. She was just bleed, you know. Maybe she had a lot. Maybe she had a lot of. Maybe she bruised very easily. You know. Maybe maybe that's it. And maybe she saw the bruises clear up instantly. We really don't know. But something occurred, because I, I guarantee you she didn't hike her clothes up and checked right there to see if it was only a menstrual problem. That would, have been, that would have got her stoned for sure. But something happened that she knew immediately the fountain of blood had dried up. Why was she able to get that victory? Because she got the voice of God on her side. She got the voice of God down in her spirit. Well, well, God, maybe God talked to her, but he hasn't talked to me. Oh, yeah, he does. He talks to you all day, every day. Right here. Right here in this word. Right here. You don't, yes, we have the 110 healing scriptures. But you know you don't need 110 of them. You only need one. You only need one. When we went through the situation with Michael's foot, and we were reading that over those 110 over him every day, three times a day, there were certain scriptures that just—I mean, most of the most of the 110 were dry and okay, but man, there were certain ones that we would hit, and I mean, we could just—we just sensed the power. We just sensed the, the healing power of God come into the room. I mean, we just sensed it. We just experienced it. But it was not with... But see, you only need one or two scriptures. Don't overload yourself with more than one or two scriptures. Get one or two scriptures. It's good to get in the Word and see that other ones agree. But get you one or two scriptures that really speak to your heart. You hear that scripture and it just drops down on the inside of you.
1: And that line up with your need. And that
0: that lines up with your need and And just meditate on that until it gets down into your spirit, and when it hits your spirit and and then you speak that scripture with faith, that's when your healing will manifest that's the moment that it'll manifest
1: Amen.
0: glory to god i I'll never forget um Pastor Tommy, he had had his stroke and he was home and he'd been studying and studying and studying and studying and, studying and getting his divine healing. And he called me on the phone one day. I was working for him. And he called me in the middle of the work day. And he said, hey. I said, hey, Pastor, what's happening? He said, are you ready to get rid of that asthma yet? And I thought, well, I wasn't on that line of thinking, Lord. I wasn't I wasn't going there. And and I kind of stumbled. he said, well, are you ready or not? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, I, I wasn't thinking along those lines. But, but that would be good. Yeah, yeah. He's
1: outside.
0: You know, yeah, I would. I would like to be... I'd like to, I'd like to get that scripture. Yeah, you know, I'd like to get set free. He said, I got five scriptures for you. He said, one of them's going to hit for you. I said, okay. He said, one of them's going to speak to your heart. He said, that's the one that you need to get healed. That's, that's what he told me. He said, I've got five scriptures for you. He said, um, one of them's going to hit your heart and that's the one that you're going to get healed with. And I said, okay, Lord. I, I said, you know, thinking in my mind, okay, Lord. And to him, I said, well, okay, Pastor He said, are you ready? And I said, yeah, I'm ready. And he read one. And I said, okay. And he read another one. And I said, okay. And he read another one. And I said, okay. And he read the fourth one. By the time he read the fourth one, I was getting discouraged. I'm not even going to lie. He called me with such enthusiasm. I thought, man, this is my day. And by the time he read the fourth scripture, I thought, okay, none of these are working. (laughs) But But then he paused and he said, I honestly don't get this one. But maybe it'll do something for you. And I thought, well, well, great. The pastor that knows the word and understands the word, he doesn't understand what this has to do with asthma. But, uh, sure, that's my healing scripture. I was real in faith. I was really in faith. And, uh, he read the scripture to me. And, uh, I'll have to go get it. I believe, did I, I gave it to you. It was the Lamentations, I believe. But it said, I read something along these lines. I've, I've not looked at it in, in, in a while. And, uh, because I've been healed of asthma for a long time. And, uh, but, but it read like this. It said, incline, your, uh, incline unto my breath, saith the Lord. And I said, that's it? That's it? That's the one. He said, that did something for you? I said, yep. I said, that's the one. He said, really? He said, can you explain that to me? I said, oh, yes, sir, I sure can. I said, when you have an asthma attack... You can literally, in your own physical ears, literally hear yourself suffocating. And it creates panic, which makes the breathing worse. And then, you're, pan- and then you're, you're hearing yourself suffocate faster. And it's not okay. I said, but this scripture told me to listen to not my breath, but his breath. And so I would begin to say, when, when I'd get a little wheezy or I'd get a little something start up, or if I'd go out to exercise or whatever, um, I would because I didn't want to exercise because I didn't want to have an attack. And so I, I would say this. I would just begin to say, I, li- I incline my ear to the Father's breath. I listen to his breath. I command my lungs to line up with his breath. His breath is steady. His breath is strong. His breath is not weak. His breath is full of life. My breath is like the Father's. It's steady. It's strong. It's full of life. And I just kept saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it. And it got down in my spirit. See, notice that scripture hit my spirit. The second I heard it, I said, that's it. That's the one. And then I applied it. And I applied it. And and honestly, there are times I haven't looked at it recently, but there are and I'll begin to talk to the Lord about it and and the Lord will say, What scripture is that? And I'll go, Lord, let me go double check myself. Lord, let me go double check myself. And I'll go double check I'll say, see, it's right. I said the word hadn't changed. It's still in there, Lord. It's still in there. Your breath is still steady. Your breath is still strong. Your breath still has the breath of life in it. And your breath is in me. Amen. That's how I got healed. That's how I got healed. Uh, But in order to do that, I had to hear his voice. I had to hear his voice. I had to get his voice down on the inside of me. And when I did, it brought me strength. It brought me health. It brought me healing. Well, glory to God. I preach myself happy and healthy in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Zach, if you'll come. Thank you, sir. Glory, glory, glory to God. Well, you want to bless the offerings? Sure. Lord, we thank you
1: for this word that you 've given us, Lord. We ask that you help it to get down on on the inside of us as we meditate on your word and we, and we think about your word and we speak about your word throughout the week. Help it to become a part of us and, and and to help us to to walk in your health and in your divine ways. Lord, we just love you and we thank you for your word lord. We, we thank you for this opportunity to give unto you unto your kingdom lord to to give. To give of ourselves as you gave of yourself. Lord, we just love you and we thank you for all that you've done for us. And we want to see your work done here on earth as it is in heaven. So we give with a grateful heart and and we give generously. Lord, we just love you and and we ask that you bless this offering. That it go further than we could ever ask hope or think towards the doing of your work here on this earth. And Lord, just bless us that we can become a bigger blessing. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. You will not take this word. You will not take our health. You will not take our finances. You must leave in Jesus' name. Thank and you, don't Lord. come back.
0: Thank you, Father. Father, we release the angels of God. We loose them in the name of Jesus to go out and cause favor and provision to come to us in every area of life. Father, we thank you that your word is true and your word is ever working. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. amen. You can serve the people. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Father. Oh, there it is.